0: Good morning. Welcome to Center Church. It's good to see all of you here this morning. We are currently in a sermon series walking through the New Testament book of Acts. Uh, And today we're going to step away from Acts, kind of, uh, and focus on the topic of baptism. So we typically preach through books of the Bible here at Center Church All right, we're good. (laughs) Um, So we typically preach through books of the Bible here, but um, every once in a while we'll do a series or we'll do just a a one-off sermon um, just looking at various topics and so forth. So um, the reason why I say we're kind of stepping away from Acts is because of these quotations and I want I want to just walk through these that we've encountered thus far in the book of Acts so Acts 1 5 Jesus was quoted as saying John the Baptist baptized with water in Acts chapter 2 Peter one of Jesus followers preached a stirring sermon and was immediately asked what shall we do by those who were listening to his sermon and Peter replied repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then in Acts 8, we read, or we read of Simon being baptized. We also read of others being baptized in Jesus' name in Acts 8. And then again in Acts 8, an Ethiopian eunuch believes in Jesus, and then he also is baptized. In Acts chapter 9, we read of Saul being baptized. Saul, many of us know as Paul, who wrote basically two thirds of the New Testament. Um, so we also hear his story, hear his story of believing and then being baptized in Acts chapter ten. We read of a group of people who, in Acts chapter ten, they are described as believers, uh, having God's Spirit fall on them, and they also are baptized. Again in Acts chapter 11, the topic of baptism is raised. And so what you see, what we've seen thus far, though it's been spotty at times, is this idea of baptism has been raised somewhat consistently throughout the book of Acts. And it's not going to stop here. We'll continue to encounter this topic, this theme, as we walk through the book of Acts. So what I wanted to do today is I just wanted to stop a bit in our series, acknowledge this reality, and speak on this topic uh, because it's here in the book of Acts. But there's a number of other reasons why I wanted to stop and talk about this as well. So why did I want to do this? So first of all, uh, because I wanted to explain Center Church's position. So I wanted to say what we believe here at Center Church, but, but we never want to stop with just what, what, what we believe and say believe it. We also want to talk about why as well. So I wanted to take some time to talk about the what and the why. I want there to be clarity and understanding. And, and uh, implied in all of this as well is for the chance for you to ask questions. Right? Like, this isn't intended this morning, it's a one-way conversation, but it's not intended to stop there. Like, If you have questions, if you want to interact, if you want to push back, then we invite that. And we, we don't ever want you to feel like you can't ask questions. And the reality is I realize some of us land in a different spot uh, on this issue. And so I I just want to say, even if you find yourself in a different spot than where Center Church is, you can still be invested deeply at Center Church. You will still be loved deeply by Center Church. And you can be a part of Center Church and still hold a different view than us. So, So we will talk about this as being a secondary issue okay so baptism isn't a primary issue for us it is a secondary we'll say it's important we'll say it's significant um, but it's secondary so one of the reasons we would say that it's important but not essential is looking at like the thief on the cross right so he is interacting with Jesus and Jesus says Today, you'll be with me in paradise. So, clearly, he didn't need to be baptized um, to be saved. So, I want to explain our position, first of all. Secondly, um, I also want to talk about baptism with an aim to convince. So, I want to provide a reasonable, logical, understandable description of baptism with the intent to, to convince you. And, and if I don't, then we still can be united. We still can be partnered. And I would want to distinguish this, though. I'm, I'm talking here about convincing, and convincing is not coercion. Okay? So th- there's no, like, subtle twisting of the arm, no passive aggressiveness seeking to go on here. Like, the intent is to convince, uh, but that usually will also take more than just one sermon as well. So that's where some of the invitation for ongoing dialogue uh, comes in. So I want to preach on this to explain and convince, but I also want to preach on this to invite. So we do think baptism is important. It's not just a meaningless ritual that people do to maybe make themselves feel better, to kind of provide some insurance in their lives. If all baptism is is just a meaningless ritual, then I would say we're missing out. There's so much more there, and so I want to invite people to participate in getting baptized. And this is something we're going to be doing here upcoming, and so... I want to invite you, if you've not been baptized, to invite you to consider doing this. And then lastly, the fourth reason why I want to preach on this um, is because some of us have been baptized and it has very little meaning to us. So part of what I want to do today is to remind us of the significance of the act of baptism. And, And ultimately my goal in doing this is to stir your affection for Jesus. To, to build your faith in Jesus. So, uh, for those of you who are regulars here at Center Church, consider this your gospel application in advance. Okay? Like, that's my hope. That your faith in Jesus, your affections for Jesus would be stirred. That that's what we're going to walk out of here with this morning. That's my hope. So, I want us to be reminded afresh of what uh, Jesus has undertaken on our behalf. Okay, so let's begin uh, here with our position at Center Church. So we hold a position that is historically known as Credo Baptist, uh, also known as Believer's Baptism, which basically means the act of baptism follows a profession of faith in Jesus. And, and so the idea then also is that someone is going into the water and coming back up out of the water. They are being immersed. And the main emphasis though, that main emphasis though, here is that a profession of faith precedes baptism. So someone makes the, the reason it's called credo baptist is because someone is making a creedal affirmation, a creedal statement saying, I believe in Jesus. And then they are being baptized. And so this then would be in contrast to another well-known position, uh, which is known as paedo-baptism, or when someone is baptized as an infant uh, or before they're able to make a profession of faith. Now, some paedo-baptists believe that baptism plays a role in cleansing someone from sin, almost as though it has kind of salvific results. Here, some paedo-baptists, but there are other paedo-baptists who don't believe that, okay? So, what I want you to hear, though, in terms of what Center Church believes is this progression. So there is a statement, profession of belief, and then baptism occurs. Now, we hold to this position for a variety of reasons. And if, if someone holds to a pato baptist uh, profession uh, belief, they, they're also going to go to the Bible, okay? So I'm not saying, I'm going to go to the Bible right now, and these other people are not, Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But I I just want to highlight a couple places uh, we would go to in the Bible to kind of say this is why we believe what we believe. So first of all, uh, the Greek word that's used in the Bible is baptizo, okay? And this word literally means to dip or to immerse completely. And so it's kind of pulling on this idea of being immersed baptized by immersion okay also we would say or we would see in the Bible this consistent consistent pattern of where baptism is following belief so someone believes and then they are baptized so we see that narratively okay in stories and then also uh, this is Jesus instruction as well go and make disciples and then baptize. And so this is what Jesus is calling his followers to do. Go and, and preach about Jesus. Call people to believe in him. And as they believe in him, then baptize them as well. So, so these would be some of the places that we would go biblically to say this is why we believe what we believe on this. So this then is why you won't find us baptizing infants here at Center Church. So belief is a conscious decision that occurs before baptism. Now, as I've already said, baptism has no bearing on effecting salvation, okay? So it's not like someone is being baptized and that is what is cleansing them from their sins. So it's not like an Old Testament uh, rite of purification. Okay, that, that's not what's going on in baptism. Rather, baptism is telling a story. It's painting a picture of what has spiritually occurred within an individual. So many people will speak of baptism in this way. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward reality. Okay? So something has gone on inside of a person and the act of baptism then is painting that picture. It's telling that story. It's showing that someone has identified with Jesus that this person has been saved, has gone through a process by which God has saved them. And so then, what I'm saying by saying this is that God cares not just about saying things, but also showing things. He's not just saying, go do this, he's also showing things. So this is what we would call symbolism. And Symbolism in our culture, in Western culture, is largely lost. A lot of people don't find a lot of value in symbolism. But the Bible displays symbolism being immensely important. And we would say, within the Christian faith, here at Center Church, symbolism is massively important. And baptism is one of those places we would go to. One of many places we would go to to say there is a ton of symbolism going on here. So, when someone is baptized, it speaks to the nature of what occurs when someone is saved. So, here's just a few ways that we can talk about symbolism being present in baptism. So, first of all, baptism is simple, there's not a lot that you need with baptism. You need faith, and you need water. And that's about it. So baptism is simple. It's not this ornate, complicated process. Salvation also is pretty simplistic. Now, yes, salvation requires your life. When Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you've got to lay your life down. Okay? So, It does require your whole life. But salvation isn't complicated. It is pretty simple. Believe in Jesus. Receive forgiveness of sin. Let Jesus be everything to you. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's pretty simple. And baptism communicates that idea. Also, baptism is passive. Okay, so no one walks into the water and baptizes themselves. Okay? Someone else baptizes us. Someone else lets us down into the water. Someone else pulls us back out of the water. And this is a great picture of salvation. Jesus does everything, no one saves themselves. No one even adds anything to what Jesus has done. Now, yes, there is a response that goes on. Okay? Someone has to walk into the water to be baptized. There's a response. Okay? But largely, the picture that's being painted is that baptism, like salvation, is passive. Also, Thirdly, baptism is identification with Jesus, or it depicts our identification with Jesus. So in our our everyday Christian lives, if we're a follower of Jesus, we tend to think about our actions, the things that maybe we need to do, or the things that we're supposed to do, or the things that maybe we've done wrong. The whole act of baptism is about identifying with Jesus. Baptism is about us identifying with what Jesus has done for us. So we enter into the water in baptism, identifying with Jesus as he entered into death, went into a tomb for us, paying the penalty for our sin. And then when we come back up out of the water, we are identifying with Jesus as he walked out of death, as the dead man became alive, as he walked out of the tomb. So baptism then is a demonstration of us dying to self and then becoming alive in Jesus. It's all about us, not, not something that we do, not something that we do to impress God. It's about us identifying with what Jesus has already done with us, or for us. So I had a conversation recently with a family about baptism We're processing through some aspects of it. And I found it really helpful how baptism was talked about by them. So baptism was depicted as kind of being on a spectrum. A spectrum between conversion and ceremony. Okay, So some traditions view baptism as solely connected to a profession of faith, okay? You profess faith in Jesus, then you are baptized. So, baptism, in that kind of a context, can just be something that you do. It can merely be a ritual. And what can tend to happen kind of on the negative side of the coin in this kind of a context is some churches in this vein can get so focused on baptizing people, it's just about numbers. Okay? So their, their main focus is at the end of the year, how many baptisms did we do? And it's just about counting the numbers. On the other side of the spectrum, there are traditions that are really focused on the ceremony of baptism. And in some of those contexts, there are at times not even a concern about profession of faith. It's, it's just about the ceremony, just about going through that act. And this, in its own way, can also be ritualistic, right? So what I want you to see is that at both ends of the spectrum, it's really easy to turn something like this into an empty ritual. It's just something that we do. It can be devoid of meaning. So we don't want to fall into either of those ditches at Center Church. Center Church would describe itself as in the middle of this spectrum. So we would never want to disassociate baptism from a profession of faith. It's always very closely tied to that. We would also assert that belief should always precede baptism. Because that's the specific story that baptism is telling. But we wouldn't want to lose the symbolic realities either. The ceremonial aspects of baptism. Because baptism itself doesn't have significance if it's not telling a greater story. These realities of salvation, we, we want to tell that. The story of baptism is telling the story of salvation. It's telling the story of people identifying with Jesus. And so we want to hold these two aspects in tension and never lose sight of either of them. Never start swinging so far one way or the other because we would say that significance abounds both in the profession of faith and in the ceremony and all of the symbolism that's contained in it. One of the things that we talk about repeatedly here at Center Church is how the whole Bible fits together. Okay, the Bible is one big story. So you could go to Leviticus, Exodus. You could go to the beginning of the Bible, right? And we would say that is whispering Jesus. There are whispers there that are pointing ultimately to Jesus, saying, get ready. Something good is coming. These promises are going to be fulfilled. A Savior is going to come. So the whole Bible is one story. It's not 66 disparate, disconnected books. It's one story. And all of the books of the Bible are telling the same story. So the Bible then has Old Testament images that are foreshadowing or prefiguring New Testament realities. And baptism is a New Testament reality. Baptism is a New Testament image of grace, But, if you read your Bible, you will begin to see how baptism was hinted at previously in the Old Testament. So if you go to the beginning of Genesis, there is a story there of a man and his family, Noah, being saved. And after they are saved, they are brought through Water, as a part of that. We see a similar idea expressed in 1 Corinthians 10 and Romans 6 and Galatians 3 and various parts of the New Testament. And Paul, as he's writing these parts of the story, he's going back to the Old Testament story known as the Exodus. Okay, so God's people are enslaved in Egypt. And they cry out to God to come and to save them. God comes and saves them. And what happens? They pass through water. So we see that there's this pattern that is hinted at before baptism. There's this biblical call to repent, to believe, And then be baptized. And this is affirmed in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so this is the story that we want to tell over and over. God has saved his people. This is what he has done. And this is the story that some of us maybe have lost sight of. And this is why it's good for the church in an ongoing way to have baptisms, to celebrate this reality. This is why it's good for us to watch others remind us and tell us this story. God still saves. He still brings us through water. And this is why it's good to be reminded of the richness behind the act of baptism. Because it's it's not just someone diving into water. There are profound spiritual realities that are going on underneath the surface in baptism. And we need to be reminded of this. We need to see this. We need to be struck with the reality of God's powerful salvation over and over and in a variety of ways. Okay, so I want to wrap up here by letting the topic of baptism preach to us, and I want to do this by answering this question. Why is baptism good news? So I think that many of us, though baptism can oftentimes be kind of a celebratory thing, maybe we look back at our own baptism, Or maybe we could sit as part of another baptism and not be that excited. Not connect with the idea that there's a ton of good news in that. So, why is baptism good news? So, we talked about this last week. Jesus Church is a group of messed up people. This group of people right here, is full of messy people. Every single one of us, as good as you might look this morning, I know the human heart is messy. We have nothing impressive in us. We had nothing impressive in us that drew Jesus to us. The reason he chases after us is because of his love. Because of his kindness. And so, we then are like a new Israel that has escaped from a much worse Egypt. The much worse Egypt being sin itself. And we escaped Egypt when we believed in Jesus. So, We don't escape Egypt because our parents are Christians. My children do not escape Egypt because their dad is a pastor. That's not how this works. So baptism then is a sign of actual salvation. Baptism is not a sign of future salvation. It's a sign of salvation here and now of something that God has done. Baptism is also then a picture of death and resurrection. It's also a picture of a deluge of grace. Okay, not a sprinkling of grace, but a deluge. It washes over us day after day after day. And so baptism then is intended to be a reminder of God's salvation, a reminder that we are saved by grace and God's grace washes over us day after day understanding this will help us fight sin it's actually what Paul's doing in Romans chapter 6 he encounters some bad theology in the church in Rome and so What he does then is he counters bad theology by talking about baptism. For us today, the reason our affection for Jesus wanes is because we are ignorant of how good grace is. We don't see how good grace actually is. Why we spend so much of our days seeking fulfillment in money, by being entertained on YouTube, by seeking a bigger house, or a better job, or more money, whatever it might be, is because we do not understand grace. The beauty of it is lost on us. Why our marital relationships languish is because grace is not to us, what it is in reality God intends for us to be blown away by his grace for us to understand that grace is the greatest gift this world will ever know But the reality is we all have a fragmented idea of what grace is we take grace for granted What Paul says in Romans 2 is, we presume upon God's grace. Ah, it'll be there. God will forgive me. It's not a big deal. We take it for granted. And, And when we do that, what we show is that we are overlooking the cost that Jesus had to endure. What Brett was talking about at the beginning of our service the cross is not costly, but it was costly. Costly to the point of death. So we don't readily consider that Jesus had to go into the grave as we go into the water in baptism. Jesus had to die for my sin. And all of us can say that. Jesus had to go on a bloody, brutal cross because of your sin. It's true for all of us. For our lack of love for others. Because we are selfish people. Because we're greedy. We're rarely satisfied. Our sin required Jesus' death. And if we've grown up in a church, this is is really true for us but it can be true for anybody. It's so easy for us to flippantly talk about Jesus dying on a cross. Ah! Died on the cross. Let's go out to eat. And not to feel the weightiness. Not to understand how costly it was for him to purchase grace, forgiveness of sin. So, I know that we beat this drum over and over at Center Church. We talk about the gospel, and the gospel is Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We talk about this every single week. We talk about this regularly, but we don't talk about it regularly to diminish what Jesus has done. So if you read the Bible, what you find is that the biblical writers used repetition all the time. And the reason they used repetition is to drive home a point, to emphasize something. Our fascination with Jesus' death and resurrection here at Center Church is to shake us from our spiritual slumber. It's a call for us to wake up, to see God's kindness, to consider God's goodness. And for all of us to do that, especially those of us when we hear a sermon we start thinking about someone else, we all need to hear this over and over and over because we're being bombarded with messages that Jesus and his message, his truth is not that big of a deal. That the newest version of the iPhone far outshines the shine on Jesus. And it's not true. It's not true. You and I need to see afresh the richness of God's grace. If God's grace isn't weighty, then we don't see the glory in it. And God's grace is intended to weigh heavy upon us. That's what the word, the the biblical word glory means, weightiness. Grace is intended to be weighty upon our lives. And baptism is a means of reminding us of grace. Of seeing that story being told. God has been kind to us. He allows us to go into the grave into the water to identify with him but he doesn't leave us there he yanks us back out of the water and we can explode in joy I have breath I have life again grace has shown upon me so for those of us who have been baptized. This is a reminder of what's signified in baptism. Grace has been poured out on you. Not one time. Not just that one moment when you were baptized. But day after day after day, God intends to pour out grace upon you. And if you haven't been baptized as a believer, then this is an invitation to you to be baptized. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be having a baptism coming up. And I'd love to interact with you on this, about this. Whether you're interested in baptism or not, I'd love to have further dialogue about this.